Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Rob is a fabulous producer on the other side of the glass. You couldn't done that in the half an hour know, before so. the show. You got to crank the mic up while we're here. Well, I thought you were talking about me. If it covered me up, it was fine. But uh, uh, sorry, Rob. <laughs> but we appreciate Rob being yeah, where he is. Rob does a super job. Rob he's why the, Sunrise and On the Marker on the radio. Yeah, he's the ben uh, straw is stirring here. the uh, show, right? Fine local conservative is right across from me. He's a Republican committee person and a business person. Doesn't matter what a liberal says. He shakes his head no. I he's have uh, read High Times. I have read the magazine. Oh, have you? Yes. <laughs> Actually, my cousin, <laughs> so who, uh, my cousin was a quote-unquote, and I'm sure Howard will appreciate this, my fa- uh, cousin was a farmer in uh, Oregon and made his way, of all things, with a VW bus loaded up with uh, farming products mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> down to what was, I guess, the Eagles wrote about the Ventura Highway. Mm-hmm. Many, many doctors and professionals were clients on the Ventura Highway. All right, super. Well, with that, uh, Ben Reikley is here, and we welcome on the news line. Howard Wooldridge is back. Last time he was here, he was on horseback, and we've talked to him (laughs) probably half a dozen times since then uh, telephonically. We'd love to have you back. How many times did you ride across the U.S. to send this message about uh, getting a decriminalizing and legalizing some drugs? Yeah, I rode my horse twice across America and twice with my bicycle. Oh, okay. Oh, well, two times on the bicycle as well. And you do that so you can call attention to this really important message. So uh, kind of reintroduce our audience uh, to you. Uh, Howard Wooldridge, a retired police detective, founder of a dr- a founder and drug policy specialist at Citizens Opposing Prohibition. When we met him, he was uh, still operating as the founder of Law Enforcement uh, Action Partnership, which I think originally the name was Law Enforcement Against prohibition leap but all of these uh, entities still active so uh, uh, reintroduce us to this cause Howard yeah well it, it was my experience as a street cop and detective that the war on drugs has been the most destructive dysfunctional and immoral policy since slavery and Jim Crow and after I retired from police work I became active in the anti-drug war movement to end this shameful chapter in American history and that took me on my rides across America and then in 2006 uh, Lee sent me to Washington DC to represent them in the halls of Congress and I've been here ever since. And why and Im- we're making progress but uh, there's still a long ways to go. Yeah, why immoral? It's really explain that the heart of our current drug laws why it really mm-hmm. is just contributing to just a major loss of life and funds and efforts and uh, just a waste of time. Two two parts of that question. One, uh, we're you know we're losing 200 people a day to heroin, fentanyl, uh, other drug overdoses, and all of this, of course, is unnecessary. 
the other part of it is, of course, that my profession goes after black and brown people way more than white people, and so that's why I say it's the most immoral since slavery and Jim Crow. This is the new Jim Crow, and there's actually been a book written about uh, why the war on drugs has become the new Jim Crow as it locks up mostly black and brown people. They work for 30 cents an hour. They can't vote. It's a voter suppression move, etc. This is just really, it's a new Jim Crow. And you talk about uh, sometimes how the uh, fraternal order of police and the Mexican cartels are working together on this. Explain the two aspects of this. Well, it's not so much that there's a coordination with the, the cartel capos to get together with the chiefs of police of you know, uh, the Harrisburg or, or, or Philadelphia. It's simply they both support the same policy of keep drugs illegal um, because the these uh, criminal enterprises, the, the cartels and others in the USA, they make money because uh, there's a demand for these drugs and they supply it. The police support prohibition because it makes them a lot of money. We, uh, in this year, we're going to give uh, police departments around the country about 86 billion, b-boy billion dollars, to go after drugs. And despite that money and uh, you know, 50 years, sadly, in every small village in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, uh, there's heroin and fentanyl to be bought. So it's not like we're doing any good. There is no return on investment for the taxpayer. All right. Should pot be legal? Should fentanyl be legal? Should heroin be legal? What should we do in your view? Well, at the end of the day, uh, we need to legalize and regulate all dangerous drugs the same way we regulate and control as best as possible uh, whiskey and cigarettes, the two deadliest drugs in America by you know numbers of death. Um, uh, it, and the good news is, according to top medical experts I've listened to here in the United States Congress, almost nobody upon legalization, whether you're 14 or 40, is going to go out and start using crack, meth, and heroin just because you legalize it. Same reasons as now today, well, we're down to about 11% of people smoke cigarettes. Despite them being legal and relatively cheap, uh, people aren't that stupid. But government officials, police officers will tell you that m- millions of us are so stupid that if you were to legalize something, uh, we'll all start using crack, meth, and heroin, which is just absurd. Uh, when you listen to doctors who are experts in this matter. And what about pot? Should that be 100% legal? We have had some legalizations in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, good idea to continue that. There's even uh, one state Senate committee looking at the idea in Pennsylvania, believe it or don't. Yeah, it, absolutely. We've got about 18 states uh, that have legalized. And the good news is Colorado is a good, a good case in point. The state police did a study. Drugs, uh, searches of cars since legalization in 2012 are down over 60, 60 percent across Colorado because the police officers can no longer say, I smell marijuana, get out of your car. Uh, they're simply giving them a ticket for speeding or something and letting them go. Uh, this is improving police-community relations, which is a major goal of my organization, is to um, improve that relationship so we can have a better uh, ability to fight crime, real crime, and there was a sheriff in Oregon after their new law to decriminalize everything. He says, well, since there's no hammer, uh, there's, no, there's no real reward for simple possession of drugs, we're going to start focusing more on car theft and rape and pedophiles and drunk driving. And that's music to my ears. And what's the downside to that? You have these states where things have legalized, are there more car crashes? Is there more DUI with other drugs? Explain the, the, the downside to this. Well, the, the, the good news is that when you look at all car cra- fatal crashes, 
since Colorado legalized everything in 2012, uh, the, the number of fatal accidents has remained constant per miles driven. Okay, the raw numbers have gone up, but per miles driven, they're relatively the same as they were uh, 10 years ago when they legalized. So, uh, in, in Oregon, that just uh, decriminalized everything after the first year, zero reports that there are more car crashes, that there's more drug use because they made the penalty a $100 civil fine. All right, uh, Ben's here too. Yeah, Howard, uh, is this hey, a federal initiative? Does this need to come out of Washington to the states? I mean, uh, in, in the sense that, uh, you know, you, you have uh, marijuana listed as a narcotic. You have the situation, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, Big Pharma might be the biggest drug pusher in the world. Forget about the cartels, uh, if you really sure. get down to it, uh, Big Pharma. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fentanyl does relieve pain and is a drug that can be positive but of course uh, it's you know the horse is out of the barn on that now the state i mean it's down the down the road but where does the federal government need to step in and create an atmosphere that the states or there is a conduit to look at i would say rational use, maybe legalization in some. I mean, I believe once you have medical marijuana, you've greased the rails to get recreational marijuana, and we've seen that in the past. Right. Yeah, you used the right word, atmosphere. Uh, What I'm trying to do here in D.C. is create the right atmosphere, which is essentially apply the Tenth Amendment, states' rights, to the issue of all drugs, so that Harrisburg can make all the decisions free of the influence, often bad influence, of the folks in Washington, D.C., who are subject to pressures of lots and lots of money and lots of lots of politics. Uh, I want to bring drugs as an issue back down to the states where it belongs, like alcohol and tobacco are complete states' rights issues. Um, and in, in D.C., when we pass these bills that apply the Tenth Amendment, this will give the states um, uh, all the freedom of action they need to choose their own path. And if Pennsylvania just wants medical marijuana, God bless Pennsylvania. If you want to go to all the way to a, a Colorado-style uh, legalization, grow your own at home, uh, buy it in a store, God bless Pennsylvania. It's a big country, and I can say, you, say that with authority, having ridden across it at six miles an hour. It's a big, big country, and that's why the founders put in the Tenth Amendment to allow the states great latitude and what they think should be done for the good people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and the other states. Well, let's look at the reality of it, and you know this as well as I do because you were you were in the industry. I, I know people who are in the industry, the legal side of uh, marijuana. Mm-hmm. The black market still exists, and the black market doesn't give up. The, the criminal organizations are going to want their peace. So even in California, where they tried to set up, even Colorado, I was in Colorado, like, gosh, I want to say, I know that date's May, is it May 20th is the special date uh, that they legalized marijuana in Colorado. Um, they celebrated out there. I, we were there at a business meeting the week before that, and they might as well have it legalized. But the black market still gets its finger in, and organized crime still gets it in. So h- how can how can the government compete, the states compete business-wise against cartels or organized crime? Yeah. Yeah, and and today that's what you just described is sadly true. Two reasons. One, California is a textbook case of overtaxing and overregulating. You have to pay like a hundred thousand dollars to get a license to sell, versus Oklahoma, it's like five hundred. 
okay? And then the other big problem, I talked to a CPA friend. The, the inability for the, you know, the 280 problem, the inability of a marijuana business to take off normal business expenses off their federal and state income taxes raises the price by a good 30%. Um, and those two combined, yeah, California, uh, they, they only sell 20% of the marijuana through a store. 80% is still in the illicit black market. That can go away if the, our wonderful leadership in Sacramento and everywhere else would stop overtaxing it because overtaxing is a form of prohibition. And this is true everywhere in the world. Uh, Norway overtaxes alcohol, so there's robust smuggling from Sweden and Denmark. I'm not making it up. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, overtaxing is a form of prohibition. That's the problem. My CPA friend says, like in Colorado, for example, Uh, they tax it moderately, um, and when they can start taking off their, their normal business expenses, you'll see the black market all but disappear. Yeah. Well, that, the problem in California, it's not just this segment of any, it's any business and anything in California is overtaxed, <laughs> as we see and, and, and you've seen. Sure. The other part, and I just mentioned it, is where do you, where does Big Pharma Where, where, where can you control big pharma? And I say that meaning mm-hmm. it can't be controlled, and, and I think we both know that because they swing the biggest. Well, they have the biggest wallet right. uh, down in down sure. in D.C. But <laughs> thank you. You know what they've done in places like West Virginia, and uh, some of the, you know w- mm-hmm. with the opioid crisis. Again, you're creating right. the atmosphere. So with the opioid crisis mm-hmm. going on, the fentanyl crisis we're seeing, the stuff at the southern border. Boy, mm-hmm. the atmosphere is an uphill battle. And then can oh, I throw in the, I mean, I throw in know, the business section, though? billions and billions of dollars in profit. And, yes, the pharmaceutical industry is a big adversary of mine on Capitol Hill. They, there's now like 600 uh, full-time reps for Big Pharma for 535 members of Congress. I mean, it's, it's more than one-to-one ratio. Um, uh, but that... Big Pharma is defeated and defeated and defeated all across America, 37 states with medical marijuana. So today, the people, and it just happened in Mississippi, you've got it in Pennsylvania for a couple of years. When you don't want to have Ambien, for example, as your sleep aid to fall asleep, marijuana from all my sources says that's a good alternative with no side effects. So they're losing market share in some drugs as medical marijuana comes online, especially in the states that have fully legalized, because then you don't need to spend $100 to go see a doctor for, you know, say it'll help me. Uh, and when the people, through the legislature or through initiative referendum, legalize marijuana, this is taking big chunks of market share away. Um, my best information today, since legalization of California in 1996, Big Pharma has lost 2% of their drug market, 2%. And don't scoff at 2%. That is somewhere in the area of $12, $14 billion. And that's why they can swing hundreds of millions of dollars to legislatures and ad campaigns to keep marijuana illegal because it's, it's cheaper than losing 2% of market share. You're right in the middle of our conversation with Howard Wooldridge. He's the founder of Citizens Opposing Prohibition. If you wish to ask a question of him, you can email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236, include the keyword OTM. Ben, your next question. Yeah, Howard, you hit 
with, uh, with the 280 policy, the business policy, I, I have it written in my notes sort of as how do you get over society hurdles? And uh, we mm-hmm. just had uh, Mark uh, in the previous show had a state rep on locally who talked about how, and I, and I, I look at this as a society hurdle, how do you legalize marijuana and then also get over the economics of it, meaning how do I have forklift drivers and truck drivers, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, that can technically be on medical marijuana now and still mm-hmm. test positive and maybe lose a job or, you know, get a DUI, you know, whatever whatever the terms in each state might be. But how do you get over that society hurdle? I, I, I think, personally, we're mm-hmm. over the... Somebody who smokes marijuana must be a uh, a back alley, you know, uh, beatnik from the '60s, '70s. We've grown out of that. Uh, I think reefer right. madness is is looks like a Disney cartoon if you go back and, and look at it. But how how do we get into the real side? Like you as an insurance agent, how do you insure my trucking fleet uh, with these type of laws? Well, number one, let's let's look at you know what's happening today. Uh, and that is alcohol consumption is still the number one problem for pilots, truck drivers, etc. where they're driving down the road, uh, blowing at 04, 06, 12, trying to fly an airplane at, at, at 0.14, you know, drunk. Uh, so, and, and, the, and the industries are doing it as best they can with testing. For marijuana and other drugs, like let's say somebody has a, uh, a prescription for oxycodone, how do you judge impairment? It's a little trickier because you don't have a good number because of the pain part of it. Um, but you, you can test subjectively, and then employers would have to spend a little more money, it's true, to uh, test these people for what type of THC is in their bloodstream versus the metabolites that because they smoked two weeks ago. There is a way to do it. I'm sure you know that. And for employers, if it boils down to if they suspect marijuana drug use on the job, your forklift operator, it's going to be... Give, the, give that person a blood test, uh, take them off the job because they, they seem to show signs of impairment, and then wait for the blood test to come back. It is more time-consuming versus, you know, with, with alcohol, you can have them blow right there into the little, little machine at your shop. Uh, but there is a way to do it. It's just a little trickier and a little more expensive for the employer. And the other part that's coming fast and furious is the edibles. I mean, the brownies, yeah. the cookies, the gummies, and they, I, I just sort of chuckle, you know, hopefully in a, in a way that I think of the Richard Pryor movie where uh, they found his stash and they put it in the uh, salad, I believe, of the uh, of the uh, <laughs> the uh, dinner party, and the dinner party was the best they ever had. But, uh, you know, when you look at the market of how this is, mm-hmm. I mean, the channels of distribution are just expanding. But, but my point earlier, if the government can create the atmosphere, maybe there's potential to have a sane transition into uh, recreational products for adults, hopefully. Yeah, I'm sure you're aware that the edible market has been one of the most expanded as the smoking, actually smoking marijuana has contracted uh, because edibles are just so much easier to you know pop in your mouth with a cookie or whatever else. Well, Mark gives uh, me a I brownie every morning here on the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Howard, we're just about... A friend of mine had a problem with insomnia, and, and they, they'd eat half a cookie and fall asleep and stay asleep for eight hours. It was wonderful. Uh, but for the again, for the employers and for society, police officers enforcing DUI marijuana, uh, it's a little trickier, but I've arrested people for DUI marijuana. I mean, it, and that, that was in the 70s and 80s, so this is not brand new. So when an officer says, well, gee, we don't know how to test and we don't have a number, that's crap. 
There's no number for there's no number for oxycodone. There's no number for Adderall. There's no number for magic mushrooms. It's a subjective decision based, and then you do a blood test which shows magic mushrooms in your system, and judges and juries are finding these people guilty. It's a, again, it's a little trickier, but we've been we've been arresting and successfully prosecuting people for non-alcohol DUI since the 70s when I was a rookie. What about this idea about uh, uh, marijuana contributes to mental health disorders, whether it's schizophrenia or some other uh, issues mm-hmm. that uh, pop up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, you hear that all the time, that, <clears throat> that uh, uh, marijuana use is associated with schizophrenia uh, patients. The, the question has never been answered yet. Is it cause and effect, or is it these people have schizophrenia and they're self-medicating with marijuana versus alcohol? We all know people who have mental problems with the PTSD or whatever, and they self-medicate often and horribly with alcohol. And others are using marijuana. There's still no definitive study that says marijuana causes any type of mental disorder, other than, you know, the, the temporary, um, I'm thinking the big word, um, um, where you, you're, you're lethargic. You're lethargic for a couple of hours. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, marijuana comes to mind, but I don't know. Well, uh, uh, hurry up. Go ahead. Errol, I would say this. I have a good friend, and uh, Mark certainly knows him also, but he makes the comment that uh, four guys in a bar drinking can start a fight. Four guys sitting around smoking a bowl might start a rock band. Yeah, you know, I was a cop. Somebody asked me one day at a rotary, I I went to about 1,300 calls for service as a street cop based on the people using alcohol and zero calls for service generated by somebody smoking marijuana and causing a police and requiring a police presence whether it's a fight a rape whatever it just it it does happen but it's minuscule i've talked to officers in, in leap that have gone 25 35 years in law enforcement and never ever went to one call for service generated by the use of marijuana. So that's, yeah, that's well known. Fighting over the potato chips couldn't happen, though. It, it, it <laughs> is real, exactly. Howard. It could happen. Well, thank you so much could for the happen. update. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, please put, uh, tell us your contact information if folks want more information. Well, I just want to shout out to Senator Regan there in Harrisburg for bringing these hearings to the, the Commonwealth. Uh, this is what you need. Uh, bring some air and some, you know, light a candle. Uh, if you'd like to know more, citizensopposingprohibition.org. Uh, my contact information is there, uh, or just call me at 817-975-1110. and be happy to answer any questions or provide any information about this, uh, successful heroin treatments that the Swiss use. I'm, I'm an expert in that particular area and be happy to help any way I can. All right. Well, thank you. Keep in yeah, touch. Harold, boy, so uh, always good talking that. with you, Howard. Yep. We'll be back in touch as this evolves in Pennsylvania. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Ben and Mark. You all take care. Stay healthy. Thank you. Howard Wooldridge. uh, Howard Cowboy Wooldridge. I guess he goes by the cowboy nickname. Two times, Mark. Not one time across the country in a saddle, but two times. Right, and twice on a bike. bike. (laughs) My my backside is hurting a little bit. Yeah, he had me until we got on the bike. (laughs) That was the end of that. All right. He's the founder and drug policy specialist with COP, Citizens Opposing Prohibition. Also, you'll remember he was uh, co-founder of Law Enforcement Action Partnership, which started out as Law Enforcement 
enforcement against uh, uh, prohibition. And we did have some local DAs around here said they would be perfectly willing to look at decriminalization of marijuana around here. They think it's uh, really still too high as a, as a crime. All right, we'll take a quickie break. We won't have time for calls this segment, but we'll get these out of the way, and we'll be right back shortly. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Interesting interview and a topic that is being talked about in Harrisburg now. It wasn't that long ago. Senator Regan. Yep, House member David Rowe says that he'll wait and see what comes over from the Senate, but he's not adamantly opposed right out of the gate. Well, Mark, implementing or making making it legal is one thing. Implementation is a whole different can of worms. I mean, uh, you know, we get a uh, you know we have a liquor system here or a spirit system here that's so uh, antiquated. So you know, people people are concerned about uh, a liquor store in every corner type deal. It yeah, also okay, talks about decriminalizing yeah, heroin and fentanyl well, and everything hmm. else. Yeah, interesting. You talked about a little bit about Switzerland and how they, uh, you know, people are predisposed to certain things. And uh, it seems like, you know, I know, you know people, I know people, I know people who can smoke a cigarette, drink a beer. A week later, maybe smoke another cigarette. Then there's people who, if they don't have a cigarette once every half hour, they're jonesing. You know, it, it's just different. When you get into this, some of these chemicals. Why should I suffer, though, because of these addictive people? Well, that's <laughs> that's that's part of the uh Darren lies the argument. All right. To be continued, folks, we would invite you to weigh in on legalizing pot and other drugs when we come back. This is WDKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I am Mark Lawrence. Mr. Ben is directly across from me, fine local committee person elected to that uh, position. Have you ever been one of those electors that goes and uh, casts a vote for a presidential candidate? Uh, no, not presidential, but not yet. Uh, I've been in the conferee process. Oh, good. For, oh, okay. For state senate. Down in Harrisburg, keeping that mm-hmm. process going. Super. Okay, Ben Reikley is here, actual conservative uh, report, <laughs> Republican. Do you ever wear your MAGA hat? I do not have a MAGA You don't hat. have one. Oh, my gosh, we got to get you one. I would say a moderate, realistic... 
American citizen. Good for you. Okay, well, that's <laughs> we all are. Okay, well, that's fantastic. Good. Rob Center is <laughs> our fabulous producer. We talked to Howard Wooldridge on the first part of the show about legalizing mm-hmm. pot. He, he's been advocating for that for the better part of a decade. First well, time he was here, he rode here on horseback, and you were here, and Than was here. Yeah, and that's right. We had a good conversation. Are you talking about legalizing or decriminalizing? I thought he used decriminalizing. More than for marijuana. Well, yeah, and I think it wouldn't be legal if you still had to go through Harrisburg State Stores or whatever to get it. So well, it wouldn't that, be 100% be a great legal. Boondoggle. We got to keep the <laughs> yeah, we got to keep the prohibition yeah, going. Here, here, give me a business. <laughs> Mark, you and I can make money in selling liquor, in the sure. LCB because that's about all you have. I mean, it's called a monopoly. All right. On the Mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. We'll have lots more to say about the Sunbury Motor Company vehicles uh, Ben and I have driven lately. Our toll free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can talk about the legalization of pot. Uh, earlier this week, we talked about the polling came out for the U.S. Senate race around here. And uh, in that particular race, uh, Dave McCormick and Dr. Oz were mm. the early leaders in that. Now, quite a few people undecided, but still. Uh, Dave McCormick is probably going to take the Bloomsburg fair crowd. He'll get the vote there. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. And, uh, and the more MAGA you are, the least better you did in this poll, so uh, we, can, we can talk about that. Well, maybe folks are, you know, maybe that's evolving a little bit around here. Uh, on the gubernatorial side, Doug Mastriano and Lou Barletta, and of course this shows, in the Senate size, it shows what the importance of good advice does for TV and radio for McCormick and Dr. Oz, but on the gubernatorial side, Doug Mastriano and Lou Barletta, the leaders, and neither have widespread statewide advice under Way. So, what's uh, the percentages do they have? They, that, that uh, I don't have that in front of me, but yes, we yes. had it on earlier. We that's different because that the state up. was Oz was about twenty seven. I think uh, Carla Sands was in there at fourteen. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was somebody uh, was McCormick in there at eighteen. So mm-hmm. you, you had a breakdown that way for the for the uh, for the governor's race. Uh, Republicans are. Uh, Unfortunately, I mean, it's it's almost like a dog chasing its tail type of uh, atmosphere going on there. Uh, The Republican uh, State Committee did not uh, endorse either in the U.S. Senate or the uh, gubernatorial race. Uh, Lawrence Tavis is uh, probably leading a a group that uh, doesn't know or want to be led, it seems. (laughs) So now we're just going to have basically anarchy uh, on the Republican side. But the Democrats have picked their person on the gubernatorial side with uh, Attorney General Josh Shapiro, Shapiro yeah. and then they had a problem understanding who they wanted on their U.S. Senate side. So now we'll see what Fetterman and uh, Lamb try to bet out. And Fetterman has money and a big lead right there, right now. Right, in name recognition, sure. Doug Mastriano and Lou Barletta, the leaders in the gubernatorial poll that was done by the Trafalgar Group. So their name's emerging from the top. So we can chit-chat about that. Ben and I could probably talk about it all day, but I don't know if everybody else mm. would find that interesting. Yeah. On the market sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. I mentioned that toll-free line now open, 1-800-795-9565. You can talk about decriminalizing drugs, the Russian-Ukraine standoff. Uh, President Trump summoned to testify in front of a civil jury. Uh, The Durham filing occupied a lot of our 
conversation this week until Joe and I were rebuked and had to shut up So because we're too stupid. You can email <laughs> us at on the... Mar- oh, you didn't hear that? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's on the promo reel what, now. What, a, 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 a caller, not a sponsor, right? Right. <laughs> email us at on the market WKOK.com. We do have one email pending. says hate crime murder, so we can read that. No texts in the uh, bin at the moment, so uh, send them into 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Let's do an update on roads. We'll start out with roads in Columbia County. A section of Route 339 is still closed. Nordmont Road up in Sullivan County and a section of Elk Creek Road are still closed up in Sullivan County. Montour County, we're still in the Washingtonville area, have a section of Route 254 blocked between Blee Hill Road and Stephens Road in Derry Township, Montour County. That's road from that creek. Mild temperatures, uh, uh, frozen ground, uh, some snow already on the ground, plus rain led to some ponding on the road there. Route 254 is still blocked. In Union County, Hoffa Mill Road still blocked near Colonel John Kelly Road. A section of Creek Road near Millmont still listed as blocked, and a section of Millmont Road itself listed as blocked. As for the PPL outages from these high winds, uh, PPL reports they still have about 15,000 power outages throughout their entire electric service area. About a 1,000 of those outages were in the central Susquehanna Valley, but because Ben can do the math in his head, he came up with 852 outages remaining in Snyder Union or Thummel and Montour counties. They just took 30 off, so now it's 822. 30 people just got electric. Oh, it is 822. Oh, it was 852. Okay, I got gotcha. you. All right, so now down to 822. All right, we have State Representative David Rowe was here recently talking about medical marijuana clashing with the state's DUI law. If you are under the influence and you are using it outside the purview of your prescription, then that's an issue. You're putting other people's lives at danger. But if you are using it as prescribed, you're not under any influence, you should not be penalized beyond that of any person who's using any other drug responsibly. And when that also, he said, when the recreational marijuana bill makes its way over to the House, he'll take a look at it, neither significantly opposed or in favor of it, uh, without anything to look at yet. So we'll see what his view is on that. More and more conservatives are in favor of decriminalization of marijuana and, of course, heavily taxing it in Pennsylvania. Could be a source of well, you heard revenue. What if you heavily tax it, you get the California scenario. So. Uh, you ha- you have to look at it as what what's your what are you trying to do how are you trying to serve the public or are you trying to create revenue. All right. Well, create revenue. Fill the holes. All right. Uh, Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce getting involved in the redistricting fight in Pennsylvania. The chamber says it's entering the arena and contesting the proposed U.S. congressional reapportionment map. President and CEO Bob Garrett says the chamber, along with the Williamsport Lycoming Chamber of Commerce, filed an amicus brief with the state Supreme Court. That brief says, quote, congressional districts that fracture the communities of interest that comprise the region will undermine the effectiveness of the Williamsport Lycoming Chamber of Commerce and the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce by requiring them to coordinate on regional issues with multiple members of the U.S. Congress. That's just the least of it, this idea of having to contact multiple members of the Congress. No fracking and redistricting? Uh, That's not the same thing. Uh, Bob is on the line. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for calling in on this very topic. We appreciate it. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Ben. Hey, uh, you were doing a road report, and I want to give you a quick road report and a tip of the hat to your producer. I'm driving up from Harrisburg right now, and I picked up WKOK 
right after I came under the Rockville Bridge, just north of Harrisburg. You've been loud and clear all morning. Actually, right between the Rockville Bridge and the Glass Lounge, the famous steakhouse on Front Street. So good job, guys. Uh, this, this, uh, you are the voice of all of Central Pennsylvania. So that's a quick road report. <laughs> Thank hey, you. Hey, just real quickly, want to say one thing about the legalization of marijuana that you uh, mentioned. I, uh, I smiled and I thought, gee, Ben, missed a great opportunity there when uh, Officer Woodridge was pointing out that some countries overtax alcohol. And that could have, you know, uh, a lot of folks don't realize, but uh, when Ben has his uh, Canadian Royal and, uh, and Coke as a stress <laughs> reducer on Saturday afternoon, 10% of the cost of that alcohol goes into the Johnstown flood tax, yes. a tax that's 104 years old. So if you're in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, you understand overtaxation very, very well. Vodka. Uh, so, vodka. Uh, the, the, uh, oh, vodka, vodka. I thought it was Canadian Crown. Sorry. No, that's, Sorry, that's that the older gentleman. That's, that's Mr. Yeah. Murray. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, uh, but it's, it's good. It's why Ben is always so cool is because he de-stresses every Saturday afternoon. Oh, I happen geez. to know that myself, and I know he eats. All right, the, moving on, wow. then. Enough, 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 Moving on. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, redistricting. Uh, Mark and Ben, for giving me a minute to talk about congressional redistricting. It'll be news today. Um, in fact, I was in Harrisburg this morning and went by the Judicial Center, where the Pennsylvania Supreme Court is going to be hearing the uh, redistricting um, uh, case today. I thought, ah, maybe I'll stick around town and, and go to the hearing well, at about 7.30 this morning, the line to get into the courtroom was already around, about halfway around the block. I said, ah, okay, I don't really need to hear that uh, in person that bad, so I decided to come to work in Shemokin Dam rather than Harrisburg today. But the point is, is where we are, folks, right now is, if, uh, when you think of redistricting, what we're talking about here are congressional districts. Fred Keller is the, is the congressman you probably know best. The greater Susquehanna Valley right now is represented by uh, two members of Congress, Fred Keller and by um, and by uh, Dan Muser in the in the eastern end of Northumberland County and Montour County. When when you do redistricting, you only do this once every ten years. And think of think of of your um, think of Pennsylvania as your home, and that home has seventeen rooms in it. We have seventeen congressional districts you get a chance every 10 years, and that's your only chance, to redecorate each room. And what we're suggesting is, while the maps, um, and I don't really, uh, we're not involved with the politics of the maps, um, and, and I don't think there's any gerrymandering going on uh, with this year's uh, round of congressional maps so much, because it was done by a commission. Um, uh, but the but the key point that we're trying to make is that we can do a little bit better with decorating the room that involves our four or five counties here in the greater Susquehanna Valley. The, the proposed map that we currently have, for example, and, and this is why we have partnered with the Williamsport-Lycoming Chamber, the current map has Western Snyder County represented by a congressman who lives in Altoona, Pennsylvania. If you know Fred, you know that he lives in Kramer, Pennsylvania. Wouldn't it make more sense to most reasonable people to say, uh, probably Western Union County or Western Snyder County should be represented by somebody from Kramer, not somebody from Evansburg, okay? 
it just it doesn't make sense or Altoona in this case excuse me but the um, but it doesn't it, this is our one chance to get this right one of the things that we were unhappy about when they redistricted, they did the gerrymandering, as I call it, not gerrymandering, but gerrymandering. When they did the gerrymandering, is they took uh, eastern Northumberland County, uh, a schism that is as old as, as time itself, uh, took the coal region and put it into a different uh, uh, congressional district than uh, Sunbury and Milton. And and we were really unhappy with that. We love Dan Muser. Dan Muser votes right where the chamber needs him to be. And he's a good guy. And, uh, you know, he, he, he picks up the phone when I call. He picks up the phone when Ben calls. He, he, he uh, He's on, on the mark often. Uh, he's a good guy. This isn't about him being a good guy or Congressman Joyce who would be the representative for Western Snyder County. They're good guys, that's not, and good gals in some cases. Uh, but anyhow, that's not the point here. The point is, is we can get our house decorating correct. And that's why we've done, we spent a little bit of money, hired an attorney, we filed an amicus brief, amicus curiae, friend of court is what it literally means, brief, and we just said, I think we can do better. By the way, I've, I've partnered with my buddy up in uh, up in Winsport, Lycoming, Jason Fink, and uh, and Lycoming County is split even worse. Their western Lycoming County will be represented by a congressman from Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> so what? Uh, who does this make sense to? Uh, uh, and so what we're hoping is to just get it right. Uh, we're we're going to be in court today. Our attorney will be in court representing us. And uh, and we'll let you know by the uh, by the end of the day we'll know who our member of Congress is. We're going with what's called the Renthenshaler plan, uh, which would create the new seventh district of Pennsylvania. It's a district that only has one congressman living in it uh, currently. Uh, by the way, the, uh, the the district that Ben I mean Ben yeah that uh, Fred would have uh, would have him going against another incumbent member of Congress. Uh, the one that has been proposed, the one we don't really like, uh, this would have a single member of Congress. It would be all of Union, all of Snyder, all of Northumberland, all of Montour, all of Columbia, like Cumming, Tioga, and Sullivan counties. A beautiful congressional district. So I just wanted to explain that to everybody. Uh, we're we're steering, steering clear of the politics of, uh, of uh, redistricting and just saying we think we, we have a better map, we have a better plan than one that has currently been proposed. And I'll stop there and see if you got any questions. Well, yeah, and I think well, Ben and I both have a question. First, mine is, in the brief, you really outline how critically important it is that t- this cohesiveness of one congressional member and Snyder Union, Northumberland, Montour, uh, one congressional district, you talk about it in terms of the coverage areas of this radio station, in terms of some of the businesses, in terms of the hospitals. Emphasize that to our audience. It isn't just convenient, so that our congressman's not in Ebensburg or Altoona or Erie, that it really relates to this wonderful cohesion that we have around here. And, and you know, uh, um, Mark, I'm, I'm going to answer your question, but I'm also going to suggest that on Monday, when Joe is back, ask him this question, because Joe is absolutely eloquent about this when he talks about when we were in the 10th uh, congressional district and the work that he did originally with uh, Congressman Sherwood, and then with uh, Congressman Carney, you know, things like the greater, like these uh, Susquehanna, uh, Central Susquehanna Valley Thruway, don't just happen. That takes a lot of work and a lot of time to make that happen. When things real, when the when the tire re- finally hit the road, uh, 
community of interest, a continuity. Think about what the throughway does to, to link us all together. That's all, uh, nearly a billion-dollar investment, and frankly, that would not have happened had it not been for the fact that we had a single member of Congress, and we had, in this case, four uh, state house members and two state senators who are willing to make hard votes on our part. It's very, very important for us to have a single voice, a single person. We have, we've actually come up with something beyond the, uh, the, the community of interest. Uh, we talk about a labor shed or a work shed, if you will. Everybody knows what a, what a watershed is. That's where all the streams, all the ponds, all the lakes all flow into a single watershed, in our case, the Susquehanna River. What we talk about is a labor shed, that the throughway would be that major, um, that major highway, but, and all of the different laboring people from the area face 90% of the, of the jobs that exist in the greater Susquehanna Valley are filled by people who live in the greater Susquehanna Valley. I'm probably the one exception. I'm probably the, you know, the 1% uh, that doesn't, I don't actually live here. I drive up from Harrisburg, but most of the jobs are here. So it's, it's very, very important that we have a unified, not only we have a unified voice, that's something the chamber tries to do is to bring everybody together. You know, we, we heard cats. We're like, uh, we, we bring uh, different ideas together. But then if we have one member of Congress, and frankly, if it's a member of Congress who's a native of the area and a, a, a native son and who lives in Kramer, Pennsylvania, I just hit pay dirt. You know, wow, that is great. Uh, you know, a guy that calls me up and wishes me happy birthday. I like that. Uh, and, you know, I know that I'm, I'm getting silly, but the point is that having that one voice is very important, just like uh, you have a, a single member of Congress to speak to when there's a breaking news item. It's very, very important. Yeah, Bob, how, how did... Uh it's different folks drawing different maps to a degree, but how did they get the state Senate map pretty positive and then just blow it on the yeah. congressional and the uh, state representative maps? I mean, yeah, uh, I, yeah. the central yeah, central part of the state, our, our area of the state was forgotten with the congressional and the state representative maps. You just nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, uh, so... Uh, First off, redistricting, that's Congress. Redistricting, it's just a matter of opinion. And I'm not going to tell you that there aren't maps out there circulating that are not uh, politically motivated. There are clearly some there. The map that we're supporting, the Renson-Baylor map, clearly is not politically motivated. In fact, I don't even know uh, who the, uh, the, the parties of the different members of Congress. I don't know uh, that about that. What I know is that that's a good map that keeps the, the communities of interest together. The, the Pennsylvania Senate map, uh, Ben, you know, let's say, let's be honest, is it, it looks a whole lot like the one we have right now. Exactly. It looks pretty darn good. It's pretty good. Um, and, you know, and we love our two senators, Gene Yall in Union County and, and then, uh, and of course, John Gordner and all the rest of our counties, including uh, Columbia and up into Luzerne, and you know where I am on all that. Mm -hmm. uh, so on the House map, uh, I think, uh, I, maybe you've heard, uh, you know, you hear this word uh, uh, gerrymandering or gerrymandering. It's actually named for a, uh, a person named Geary. That's why, it, not, not Governor Geary of Pennsylvania, a different Geary, uh, but anyhow, uh, gerrymandering. Um, 
you know, I don't, that, that gives us far too much credibility. I think they forgot that there was a central Pennsylvania. They started drawing districts from the southeast, out of Philadelphia, out of the southwest, out of, out of Pittsburgh. They brought down out of the northwest. They, they did a pretty decent job up in the northeast. Not great. Didn't do a great job. And they got to central PA, and pardon my French, but they went, ah, oh, shucks, we forgot there was a central PA. You know, and and you look at the now. You know, Linda's district is nice. You know, the the the, the retiring member of the House, uh, Millard, uh, has the best district ever. He has Columbia County. His entire district is Columbia County. Uh, that's a nice district. I, I, I like Linda's district. I know the people of Snyder County are sorry to to lose uh, Linda Schleicho Carver. I mean, we we love Linda. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> she does a great job for us. But the other, t- like David Rose district. And now, um, um, uh, Jerry Burrowitz, uh, uh, Bur- uh, say the name, uh, her name, Ben uh, uh, Berkowitz, Burrowitz. Burrowitz, oh, yeah, Burrowitz, Burrowitz yeah. from State College, yeah, yeah. or Clinton yeah, County. Yeah, she, no, from Clinton County. Okay, so, uh, and Stephanie, Stephanie Burrowitz. And by the way, she's at breakfast this morning with my counterparts at Central PA, so they're getting to know her. But she lives up in the Lock Haven area, so it's Clinton County and Western Union County, not including, not including Greg and White Deer townships. David in Union, David Rowe in Union County, only has his home municipality and Union township. He doesn't even have Lewisburg Borough. Yeah. Who, and who, who? You know, ninety-nine percent of the people who live in Lewisburg can't tell you where Lewisburg Borough ends and East Buffalo Township begins. Okay, they don't. And by the way, it goes right through the middle of Bucknell's campus. You think anybody knows that? It doesn't make any sense at all to split Lewisburg Borough in East Buffalo and to put David at the far. I mean, he's not just at the end of his district. He's the he's the the, the, the hair on the end of the dog's tail in his district. That's how far he is. No, he, he, he he's a pitching wedge. Mifflin and Juniata County. Yeah, he, he okay? can he can have pitching wedge uh, into the other district from his front yard. Yeah. Yes, yes, you're right. Okay, and then and then Sherry Burrowitz's district. Listen to this, guys. This is unbelievable. Clinton and Western Union County. There is only one road that that connects that district. You know what road it is? It's McCall Dam Road. It's a forestry road that we in in PennDOT talk we call it no winter maintenance. That means literally, literally. For four months of the year, she cannot get from one end of her district to the other end of the di- her district without leaving her district. Who does that make sense to? Well, it's, it's going to be the way it is. And we like, I mean, everything I know about uh, Representative Berwitz is all good. It's all good. This is not personal. This is not political. It's just, why did you do this to us, uh, folks? And, and you know, it, it's, it's hilarious to talk to Jeff Reber. You know, Malcolm Dirk testified at the hearing on behalf of the chamber Jeff Reber, who's one of our vice presidents, testified on behalf of Union County, but certainly uh, it was influenced by uh, the chamber and by the business businesses of the greater Susquehanna Valley. And those guys are just scratching their heads saying, I would have been better off if I didn't testify. I'd be better off if I didn't participate in this process. I couldn't have gotten a worse map uh, ever. And again, again, this is not personal. It's not even political. It's 
why did they draw districts that make no sense? All right, we have to, we got to move on. But thank you so much. Really appreciate the insights, and I, I think you did emphasize really how critically cohesive this area already is in so many ways. And having one member of the U.S. Congress that would uh, do that uh, is uh, is close to ideal in in a lot of ways. Thank you so much, Bob. We're going to see you in two weeks for Financial Friday, so we'll have another conversation about all of this coming up. Be well. Thank you so much. Bob Thanks, Garrett, Bob. President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, talking about the amicus brief filed in front of the state Supreme Court by the Williamsport-Lycoming Chamber of Commerce. All right, we are going to revert to open phones now, 1-800-795-9565. Any of the topics we discussed, redistricting, you know, the fight in the state Supreme Court, uh, the state house districts that are really just kind of shotgunned, uh, splattered all over our area, and uh, the uh, congressional districts, of course, Dan user's district would change significantly. He'd have to run against somebody under one of the maps, so uh, it's it's a mess. 1-800-795-9565. We started out talking about decriminalizing pot and other uh, recreational drugs. What's your view on any or all of these topics? 1-800-795-9565. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We're back. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We would just love to hear from you. We are now enjoying open phones, so uh, give us a buzz. We scanned through some of the brief news headlines there and then got stuck on the one that relates to the amicus brief filed by uh, the uh, Williamsport yeah, Lycoming Chamber of Commerce. It's disappointing that and uh, the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of they Commerce. They get one out of three. I mean, Meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad, <laughs> but I mean, one out of three. And then and they just botched the other two. I mean, just ridiculous. But remember, at one time, uh, really, where the bypass was, uh, it was with Bud Schuster. And Bud Schuster did cover this district. And, um, oh, shoot, the gentleman uh, from uh, Warren, PA, came down to Union County. Um, Oh, I just lost the point. Heck, I'm a nice guy, but uh, <laughs> you, had, you had his name. And yeah, you lost but it. anyway, so we we were representing this area from the uh, from the west. Uh, however, uh, at one time there was a river district from Williamsport to Harrisburg that George Geekus represented us. So, you know, we've been. You would hope we would have with a the situation in Harrisburg. You'd hope the the Susquehanna Valley would have uh, a little bit more say in its fate. Uh, so um, we we will see, but uh, makes makes no sense when you look at the maps how they and the other part too is look at the geography, look at the media markets, how how things are with folks. And one of the interesting things here, our sponsor Sunbury Motors, 
has a Kia dealership in State College, Lion Country Kia. Been up there a number of times. But the media markets there are completely different than here. Now, you can get WKOK when you go into State College on 80 for a while. I've gone there for business and heard... Uh, yeah, heard if you don't run the motor, you can hear WKOK when you're there. Well, anyway, <laughs> the, but you look at the media markets, you look at the geography, and, and those media markets are Pittsburgh-oriented. They're not even Harrisburg-oriented. Mm-hmm. Or somewhere. Altoona. Altoona and Pitts, Johnstown and Pittsburgh. Yep. And uh, so, again, when you're redistricting, and I think Bob Garrett's talked about this in some meetings. I've been in, but when you're redistricting, it should be the incumbent first. Now, if that incumbent's retiring, that gives you flexibility. Like Dave Millard's retiring? Well, but you got either a Democrat or a Republican in there, or maybe you have an independent in there. But anyway, you look at the incumbent first and build the district around that. You shouldn't put incumbents against each other, maybe in rare situations. And if you do, then it should be a, a Democrat against a Republican, a Republican against a Democrat, not, not against each other, Democrats against Democrats. So uh, how they make this, but it, it became... It became overly political years ago. Years ago, it became very political uh, when the Republicans drew the last maps up. And I say this in all due respect to whomever. And if people are offended, please be offended. Uh, the Republicans drew maps, and uh, there's a saying, hogs get slaughtered, pigs leave, live. So pigs can, can live. So if draw the maps up and be a pig, okay. People might not like it, but they drew maps up, and they were damn hogs, and look what happened. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, right, uh, the Supreme around. Court got into it, and that's the reality. It took a while, though. We suffered for a while until then. But well, we remember, though, we didn't, we didn't have official maps until later because we uh, we ran the elections on the old uh, districts. Right. We'd love to hear your topic, on your conversation on this, 1-800-795-9565. Uh, we talked about a case recently uh, in a distant city uh, where a Black Lives Matter activist who supported by the Black Lives Matter organization in that town, or a comparable organization, we may call it, uh, heavily supported, uh, bailed out of jail after he shot at a white mayor. We talked about the potentiality oh, that Kentucky. perhaps it was a hate crime. You're talking about the Kentucky incident? Is that what it was? Oh, yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, I forget the town shot that it at, was in. Shot at a Democratic... Uh, right. Uh, uh, somebody running candidate. for, for mayor. Yeah, candidate. Right. To that end, one of our good listeners sends us a note and says, let's go back to Stan's call about the black student activist shooter of a white mayoral candidate. I think the point he's making about this incident not being labeled a hate crime is to ask, what is the purpose of labeling crimes, hate crimes. I know you read the definition in Wikipedia, Chuckle, but really, what does that mean? Well, I'll elaborate, and then I'll read the rest of your letter. A hate crime is, is a federal statute that involves if race or religion or LGBTQ or whatever it is, is the reason that you hurt or injure or kill or shoot or blow up somebody, that that's the reason, because they are Jewish or because they are black. That's why when it becomes a hate crime, that you couldn't possibly care less what the actual incident was or maybe why they irritated you or who they are, that they are black and you don't like them, and so you shoot them. That becomes, that's the federal statute. The Wikipedia first paragraph doesn't really have enough in it. You're right. Okay, anyway, so but back to the emailer now. He says, or he or she, whatever it is, says, let's take four murder incidents of equal gravity under the law today. One, a white man kills his white neighbor. Two, 
A black man kills his black neighbor. Three, a black man kills his white neighbor. Four, a white male kills his black neighbor. The violation of the law is exactly identical in each case, and prosecutors in every case can prove they were all motivated by the passion of hate, which is to be tried as a so-called hate crime. Uh, certainly, well, actually, just to go back to a- elaborate on that, depends on which prosecutors. Hate crime is a federal statute, not a local one. So if the DA works, prosecutes yeah. it, it's not being tried in. Uh, it's not in federal LA courts, unless no, it's, it's uh, white on black, and and you know you look at the politics of it. Okay. Anyway, back to the letter, which will be tried as a hate crime. Certainly not one or two murdering people of the same race. I guess isn't a hate crime for number three. Which when was the last time you heard of a black person charged with a hate crime for killing a white person? Maybe I'm wrong. I think that never happens. But everyone knows, however, if a white person kills his black neighbor, there is the greatest likelihood the murderer will be tried in court for committing a hate crime. So, if murder is murder, we will have equality under the law. The question we have to ask is what's the real purpose of labeling a crime a hate crime? Isn't murder ultimately bad enough? It should be whoever commits it. It's plain to see that the hate crime category, as Mark puts it, perhaps created with good intentions, is used as an opportunity to inject racism only into criminal scenarios where a white person is the perpetrator and a black person is the victim. The left will do this wherever possible in order to imply and foment the false narrative that white oppressive racism is pervasive in this country. So thank yeah, you for that. Appreciate uh, the email. Opens up a lot of scenarios. That That's, that's as uh, real as you can get. And that then, right. again, look at where the charges would be geographically and uh, you're you're not going to see some of those in Philly and LA and now New York City and you will see those possibly in other places but uh, no it's uh, it, it's it's so political that people uh, do not understand how how the politics of for some for some folks they're just saying is is this justice and for other folks I mean there is no justice cuz what's left out of here is the victims I, I'm not sure any crime isn't a hate crime. But again, <laughs> right. Well, it, and I think that's the callers, the emailers' observation. I think that's true. And you look at you look at the crime statistics of the FBI. I don't have them right in front of me here, but I'm remembering that uh, you look at uh, there's more white on white crime percentage wise. There's more black on black crime percentage wise. Interesting point that comes up with that. It's not Asian on Asian crime. It's black on Asian crime that's a higher percentage. So uh, when that scenario happened down in Georgia and they kept saying that, you know, white supremacists and Asians and that, that doesn't meet the FBI records. So, Well, uh, and federal prosecutors are supposed to have some shred of evidence that says this is a hate crime because, you know, uh, X person killed his black neighbor because he hates blacks. He drives a van that says, I hate blacks on it, and he's he's online all the time saying how much he hates blacks. That's when they're supposed to do it, but I think our emailer is right. It just seems to me that there's a great disparity here among who's getting well, prosecuted for this. What about the this. reverse of that? What about the reverse of that? Right. Well, yeah, you don't see that, I think, is his point, yeah. and, and that may be. Maybe you don't see it when it's the other way around. So in which case, then our, our federal government ha- is broken. Would you say that's true? 
I think uh, the federal government has lost its its lost, compass. Lost it. So yeah. it's not it's not on the same. They thing. don't even lost their direction. Uh, they can't even find the compass. Well, we 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 see what happened uh, in the last administration. What the Trump administration had to go through with phony uh, Russian dossier that that is was known not to be within the FBI, but they still went through with the prosecution. You got rid of some FBI agents now that have been come back, and I guess they get the retirement. Uh, the the Mueller report was uh, Swiss cheese at best. Uh, the Durham report, people are trying to poo-poo now before. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, the FBI, not the rank and file, but the upper management, the, the, those folks have, uh, have uh, credibility of um, very low. Uh, look at the, the CDC. Right now, the CDC can't get out of its own way. Uh, you have governors of... of both sides of the aisle saying, hey, I'm going to do this in the best interest of my people. So uh, interesting that uh, uh, we're seeing more of a movement within the uh, public, and that's on both sides, Democrats, Republicans, and others, than than some of the politicians are seeing that, and they're, they're, they're moving that way. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com, as two individuals have done. Uh, so we're going to read their uh, emails uh, shortly here. And you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM, as in on the mark. Put down that OTM, and that'll allow your text to, to make it uh, to us. And so we do have uh, two texts. So we'll read those. The federal government is broken, LOL. That's the understatement of the ent entire millennium. Yes, I agree. And so a black man shooting at a Jewish Democratic candidate isn't a hate crime. Uh, it depends on if it was motivated by hate. You, well, you just have to find out. This, yeah, the story, it could be. There's, there's more to this story. This, this is uh, Black Lives Matter went... The organization went and bailed him out. Is this a psychotic break that the yeah, young man is, well, enjoyed? However it was, but, I mean, Black Lives Matter, uh, you, you talk about looking at an organization. I mean, they're having trouble finding out where their money is. They're finding out what their organization is and who they stand for. All right, we got 1-800-795-9565 as our telephone number. One of our listeners says, on the topic of redistricting, any plan that gives us the opportunity to rid ourselves of Congressman Keller and or Congressman Muser is a good plan. Both voted to null the election from Pennsylvania. Both voted to hide January 6th. Both vote no on everything. I don't care says Tom. So that's, that's wisdom. <laughs> All right, 1-800-795-9565. I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. I have been lucky enough to talk to some of the leaders of that particular company in recent days, and they say they want you to know that you can order up a new Ranger or buy one of the existing Ford Rangers on the lot, F-150s. They have a half a dozen of those. Echo Sports, uh, Escape, Edge, F-250, and Explorers, Bronco Sports. Sports uh, can be had. So these are the vehicles you can get at the Sunbury Motor Company. Some you might have to wait for 2023 for some of the other models, like a Mach-E Mustang or the electric pickup truck. I'm going to put myself down for one of those in 2024 or so, and then I'll be driving all electric. But, uh, yeah, those are super sharp-looking trucks, too. Dozens of people are on the waiting list at the Sunbury Motor Company. And guess what? They're going to get that electric pickup truck because the Sunbury Motor Company has 
at all. They got the allocations. They got the good deal. They're still a volume dealer. They got a comprehensive service department, everything you need. They got uh, shorter waits for the vehicles to get here if you're not buying something right off the lot. And they got a a century of experience, super serving people. And you walk in that lobby, you see the President's Award uh, banner hanging up there. You'll know why they got that from the Ford Motor Company. So please check out the Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565. We're going to wrap up the week. If you want to talk about some of the things that we have discussed this week, the Durham report of the Russian-Ukrainian situation, legalizing pot, great conversation we had with Howard Woldridge, the latest polling in the U.S. Senate rate. Dr. Oz is buying himself a U.S. Senate race, which is great if you're a glunksillionaire and you can do that. We can talk about that. Uh, mental health and pot, uh, maybe you have some thoughts on that. Did we have a governor by himself eight years in the, uh, in the, in governor's, the, in the governor's mansion? Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. No mansion in Pennsylvania, Ooh. only the residents. 1-800-795-9565. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, welcome back. One of our good listeners says, I had the pleasure of uploading a program on my computer called Fox Nation. I wanted to listen to Judge Jeanine Pirro's stories about who is Hunter Biden. I'm telling you people that everyone should watch the program, get an opinion for yourselves into what we have as a leader of this United States of America. Joe and the family are so tightly connected to the Chinese Communist Party that all of the payouts involved between the party and Biden's son, Hunter, although most of the show surrounds Hunter Biden's drug problems, there is one of the segments whereby Hunter tells how cognitively messed up his father is that he doesn't even know where he lives sometimes. <laughs> That's funny. You can hear Biden encourage Joe to run for president uh, when he was considering not running and Jill promising she would help him through it. The presidency? Really? <laughs> Your wife helps you through the presidency. If that's not enough to cement what the trouble in this country is, I don't know what is. Yeah, uh, this is going to be the longest uh, three and a half years well, in all of history. Well, there's also a book out, uh, Computer from Hell, that discusses this. But the, the, the Bidens... Is that what it's called, Computer from Hell? Yeah, the, the, okay. the, the Bidens have been dirty since... Day one. All right, Mark, thank you for calling in. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. I'm very dis- uh, concerned about what's going on in Canada. Uh, they have uh, Pierre Trudeau uh, touting the, the wisdom and the, the great leadership of China and uh, and ways handling that up there. It's uh, sort of like a police state to me. And uh, you're talking about Justin I, Trudeau. Yeah, Justin Trudeau. Pierre yeah. is his dad. Was his dad yeah. was prime minister. Yeah. And Margaret uh, Trudeau was Keith Richards's friend for an evening. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. There's one other thing before I forget that the polar shift is on its way. I think we had talked about that last year sometime uh, with you. And uh, 
2028 looks uh, not very good, but definitely before 2030, uh, the world's going to shake like a bowl full of jelly, so you don't want to be on the coastlines. Okay. Well, uh, okay, right. I just thought I'd let you know. It. And, and uh, the first uh, the situation foreign policy-wise uh, with Joe Biden and his economic policy are, are a disaster with the border policy. The list just goes on, you know what I mean? And Russia's going into the Ukraine. How soon? Uh, that's up, uh, up uh, unless we capitulate and do some things behind the scenes. I mean, uh, uh, but it doesn't look good over there. I think you agree with that, right? Yeah, and China's going into Taiwan when? After the Olympics? Now, sometime this summer, okay. and they'll threaten uh, the South China Sea and even more dominate uh, the Philippines. Uh, we ought to, a uh, heck of a thing to say, but we ought to reinstitute the draft. We're going to be we're going to be short in a lot of areas. Be ready. We really are. All right. We got you, Mark. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, take care. Always appreciate great global insights from our good listener out there. Uh, I'm not sure Russia, Ukraine is going to happen the way people are saying it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either, but so. lo- they have official name, for my opinion. Lawrence's worthless well, viewpoint. Uh, I, we'll, we'll we'll see. The Olympics are over on Thursday or Friday. Thank goodness that was a debacle on top of a debacle on top of. Uh, uh, Did you watch ratings. any? I, I watched the most. I watched was when I was uh, having dinner at Penn's Tavern and they had it on the on TV. the TV. Well, That's they the said they had I've some seen. viewers last Thursday, so you're mm, it. Okay. Well, I, I'm gonna say uh, no. It's 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 fallen flat, and also the hypocrisy. The Boston Celtics. Uh, cutting uh, uh, Cantor Freedom, the gentleman from Turkey who is a uh, uh, an activist against China. So the NBA, mm-hmm. its pockets, hands are in the Chinese pockets for money. Uh, so there's there's the hypocrisy there. Uh, so uh, no, we'll, I, I, it, it's almost gotten to the point where if Putin feels that he has a honorable out in his mind, he'll take it. Uh, but one of the part is, you know, Ukraine, back in the Clinton administration, the Ukrainians gave up their uh, their nuclear weapons f- for protection. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a disaster over there uh, underneath the surface. So we'll see what happens. And Russia tried to control Ukraine politically and couldn't. Uh, so, um, but, you know, they did get Georgia. They did get part of Ukraine and Crimea, the mm-hmm. peninsula there. And there's some the more Black shelling Sea. there today. So, so they're going back at it. We'll see. I, boy, I, my gut just tells me it's, it's gone on too long. He would have been in unless the Olympics were the benchmark. But if if we're here next week at this time, it's not. they're probably not going in. You won't be here next week at this time, but you will be back in two weeks yep. for Financial Friday. And we'll look at the jobless numbers, and we'll have Bob Garrett here in person in the studio. How about that? No oh boy. And they'll be allowed back in along with you. Next week, Gene Yaw's our co-host for 90 minutes. He wants to cover some good things. Reggie, take a, Reggie, Reggie. Yep, and take a lot of calls. He wants to talk about Reggie, and it's not a person. It's the devil, so he'll tell you that. This is WKOK Sunbury.